It's Christmas! Well, tonight, thank God it's there instead of you. Oh, Christmas Day, my ass. I'm driving home for Christmas. Oh, I can't wait to see those faces. Christmas to you and all. Merry Christmas. I'm Adam and this is the Merry Britsmas podcast. We are so close to Christmas and I'm here to explore some super festive British things with you. Today I'll review and discuss a Christmas special from a cultural institute that is Mr Bean, the pop and presence of Christmas crackers and an ex-Beatles Christmas song that's kind of divisive. Wonderful Christmas time by Paul McCartney. Mr Bean is probably one of the most famous British characters in existence, along with Sherlock Holmes, James Bond, Harry Potter. He's the creation of Rowan Atkinson, an Oxford graduate who turned his hand to acting and comedy, first gaining wide attention for his performances in a series of shows for BBC Radio 3 in 1979. He went on to work with the Not the Nine O'Clock News, a cult 80s sketch show, Then he was cast as Edmund Blackadder, a medieval prince in a series written by Atkinson himself alongside Richard Curtis, who would later cast him in Love Actually for another festive link. The series was a huge success, and each successive series jumped forward to a different ancestor in the Blackadder family tree. There was also a brilliant Blackadder Christmas special mocking a Christmas carol. I covered it on the Totally Rad Christmas. So check that out if you want more in-depth discussion and nonsense chat. Then. In 1990, Mr. Bean appeared on our screens, initially in a half-hour pilot. However, The character went all the way back to Atkinson's Oxford days, where he created the character, inspired by French mime and comedian Jacques Tati. He even performed for a French language show early on, as Mr Bean, to see if the physical comedy would translate beyond language. The character is reminiscent of a silent movie buffoon, using slapstick facial expressions and brilliant set pieces to create comedy. The character of Mr Bean lives alone and always wears the same tweed jacket, red tie combo. He barely speaks beside Mumbles and his own name. He has a teddy for a best friend and he drives a green British Mini. He also has a long-suffering girlfriend who we'll discuss soon. The show was a huge hit. It was sold to 245 territories around the world with little translation needed. It also became an animated series and had two feature-length cinematic films. But let's step back to 29th of December 1992 the seventh episode in sequence of the Mr Bean series, called Merry Christmas Mr Bean. In the special, we see the preparations of Mr Bean, starting with him heading to the shops to buy decorations and pick up a Christmas tree, though of course it's not all as simple as that. He starts bouncing some baubles to test them with predictable results. (laughs) He unplugs the entire store's lights to test some Christmas tree lights, then gets wrapped up in a nativity involving sheepdogs, trucks, and a Dalek. (laughs) 
Outside in the street he foils a pickpocket, fills up a charity collector's bucket, and temporarily takes on the role of a brass band conductor, and the power of the baton goes to his head far too quickly. He meets his girlfriend who points in the window of a jeweller's at a photo of someone proposing to their girlfriend, so he heads in, seemingly to get the ring. He then steals a giant Christmas tree from the town centre, perched on top of his mini after all the normal sized trees sell out. Outside he has to cut the top off to use as his tree, through the upper floor window, leaving the rest of the tree to fall over. Mr Bean also posts himself a card and pulls some crackers which don't pop enough so he sets to cutting them apart and tying the bangers together to create a mega cracker for later. Then he settles down to watch TV, but nothing good is on. Alas, just in time, some cute child carol singers turn up and he turns his chair to enjoy the festive singing. then promptly walks over to the door with a box of chocolates in hand and slams it in their face. So he can enjoy his chocolates in peace. After tucking in Teddy and settling down, he wakes up giddy and jumping for joy. He has a present of a new eye for his Teddy and in his own sock stocking, another sock to make a pair for Christmas day. His long-suffering girlfriend arrives in time to scream in terror as she finds him with a turkey on his head. She helps him get the turkey off, which got stuck after he went in search of a missing watch. However, it flies out the window. After their new dinner of what looks like jam sandwiches and carrots, she gives him a gift of... A classic ship! Oh, look at that! Which he is very excited about. Then it's time for her gift, which, it turns out, is the photo card of the man proposing from the shop window. And she's not too happy about this. No, no, don't cry. Oh, 
amazing. Then he pulls out a ring box and she eagerly opens it to find a hook for hanging up the picture of the proposing man. She leaves in a huff and Mr Bean wishes himself Merry Christmas, Mr Bean. <laughs> and then pulls the supercracker he made the day before to create a bit of a bang. <laughs> this was the last episode that his girlfriend appeared in before she reappeared in the animated series years later. I'm not surprised to be honest. As I already mentioned, the physical comedy is second to none. His childish play acting with the nativity characters, his flailing around with the turkey on his head, the mock acting with his teddy, the jumping around on Christmas morning, it works no matter your age, nationality or sense of humour. It's timeless, and Rowan Atkinson, when asked about retiring the character on The Graham Norton Show, said, Drawn a line under him, no more, Mr. Bean. I, uh, I, you know, I, I doubt that he will reappear. But, um, but, but you never know. You must never. <laughs> the people have spoken. <laughs> people. Have spoken. <laughs> yeah, quite, quite. <laughs> uh, they. But you know, you must never say never again. Well, maybe there's another final Christmas special to come. Well, we can hope. If you enjoy hearing all about Christmas film or TV, then check out a podcast that discusses the classics and the oddities of seasonal episodes. And this new season includes the likes of The Raccoons and Johnny Bravo. It's called The Advent Calendar Podcast. Check it out. Are you tired of not being able to fit your eight-hour VHS tape full of holiday specials into your car stereo? So was I, till I discovered The Advent Calendar House. It's a podcast, you know, on the internet. They talk about all your favorite holiday specials. I'm the most important part because I'm the Christmas toy. From the must-watch Christmas classics. Uh, a book. To the lost treasures at the bottom of the bargain bin. I'm Olive. I'm the other reindeer. Now I don't have to hook up a VCR to my car battery anymore. Thanks, Advent Calendar House. Visit adventcalendar.house now to download your first episode free. And all the other ones free. It's a free podcast. Just go listen. Gadgets, toys, greed, avarice. I love it. For some, it's before dinner. For others, after. But for pretty much every British person celebrating Christmas, it's a must-have. They're passed around the table, with some members of the family perhaps needing a bit of prodding. Usually a mum or gran has to ensure everyone pulls at the same time. And then, bang! The crackers are pulled, and the winner gets their rewards. Hanging on a Christmas tree Just a little Christmas cracker A-bang-a-bang-a-bang-a, that's me A-bang-a-bang-a-bang-a, that's me If you pull me right in half I give you things to make you laugh Paper hats and good That song was a snippet of I'm a Little Christmas Cracker by Diana Decker, a song from 1953 that shows how Christmas crackers are a tradition that have been prominent in British celebrations since Victorian times. They were invented sometime around 1845 to 1850 by a London confectioner, Tom Smith. He saw some French sweets or candy called bonbons that were wrapped in a twist of paper, then produced his own version with a little love message in the paper. By 1849, the almond sweet was replaced with a small toy. Then, by 1860, he revolutionised the whole thing with a snapping sound inspired by the crackling of a log fire. He used two strips of chemically coated paper that reacts with a bang when pulled apart quickly due to the friction created. They were originally called a Cossack after the soldiers who would fire their guns into the air as they rode into battle. This was soon changed to the general cracker 
as more people referred to them via the noise they made. Tom Smith's company continued to make crackers after his death, with his sons introducing paper hats and gifts in the early 1900s to distinguish them from other copycat cracker manufacturers. The modern idea of a cracker always includes a paper crown, inspired by medieval and Roman celebrations where an individual was given the title of king to oversee and make rules, such as a lord of misrule. Although the crown is now often forced upon the head of a few grumpy party guests, they also include a small toy or trinket, which includes things like playing cards, mini puzzles or tricks, nail clippers, mini screwdrivers and other odd bits. Also, a slip of paper with a terrible joke, added to crackers in the 1930s, the cheesier the better. Let's hear some examples and my apologies. Why are Christmas trees so bad at knitting? Because they always drop their needles. What did Adam say the day before Christmas? It's Christmas, Eve. Who hides in the bakery at Christmas? A mince spy. How does the good King Wenceslas like his pizza? Deep pan, crisp and even. <laughs> I actually quite like that last one. Modern luxury crackers can have more interesting gifts in. One year, my family had some racing wind-up toys, which was a fun post-Christmas game until my mom knocked my little nephews off the table, thinking it was someone else's, and made him cry on Christmas. Extra expensive crackers are also available from shops like Harrods, who promise gifts such as champagne stoppers and hip flasks. I kinda like the rubbish ones with weird toys, riddles and tat. An interesting record-breaking fact is that the longest Christmas cracker pulling chain consisted of 1,081 people achieved by the Herodian School in London on the 10th of December 2015. Tom Smith's crackers are still in business, albeit merging with another company in 1953. They're still producing crackers, and even the official cracker provider to the royal household, ensuring the Queen has a cracker to pull at Christmas, although it's a secret as to what gift she gets. I hope it's a tiny nail clipper. I'll end with a clip of the BBC interviewing a cracker historian called Peter Kimpton, discussing wartime crackers, and I'll include a link in the description. They date back to the Victorians, and their inventor, the so-called king of crackers, Tom Smith. Morning, oh, hello, nice to see you. <laughs> I get the prize. I'm in Norwich to meet probably the world's only cracker historian. You better do it. Hang on. You read that all right? I've sorted out a few examples for you to have a look at. Um, Victorian Edwardian boxes. Before the transparent plastic packaging we know today, boxes carried elaborate and often topical designs. I've got another interesting one here, which was actually produced um, in 1916, smack in the middle of the First World War. I don't know, that was a sort of um, a sop to friendship or something, yeah. I would imagine, between the Allies. Our song this week is one that seems to divide people. As a child, I simply loved this song, and I still do, but as I grew up, I discovered that many thought it was a little too cheesy and cheap sounding, but it comes from an ex-Beatle. Beatle. 
spirits up We're here tonight And that's enough Simply having a wonderful Christmas time Simply having a wonderful Christmas time The party's on The feeling's here That only comes to time of year Paul McCartney was with his new band Wings at the time of writing the Christmas hit, but this was a purely solo project. He wrote and recorded it at the same time as his second solo album, McCartney 2, which included the jittery new wave hit, Coming Up. The album came out in 1980, but the Christmas single was released at the end of 1979, on 16th of November. McCartney was experimenting with new sounds, and you can hear the strange electronic boings created by an early synthesizer. Wings did appear in the video with Sir Paul, and it was recorded at a pub called The Fountain Inn at Ashurst in Sussex. I actually visited once, as part of a walking day out, albeit in summer, and there's a plaque on the wall. Paul said of the video, We went out to some pub somewhere, and so that was a laugh. We just ran out of the pub occasionally, filmed a bit, and then went back into the pub. So that was quite a nice evening. The song has become a festive classic, but only reached number 6 in the charts upon its initial release. It didn't even hit the Billboard Top 100 in America. It's divided fans ever since, with many claiming it's one of the worst Christmas songs, but I will argue against that vigorously. Also, a Twitter user posted, that the opening kind of sounds like a secret meeting of witches plotting before someone walks in and they have to pretend to be just having a wonderful Christmas time. The mood is right, the spirit's up, we're here tonight, and that's enough, simply having a wonderful Christmas time, simply... Let's hear some interesting covers, and there are lots. First up is a heavyish indie one from Hold Your Horses, an underrated and underheard three-piece rock band. The mood is right, the spirit's up, we're here tonight, and that's enough, simply. modern style comes from Tuxedo, a duo made up of soul singer Maya Hawthorne and producer Jake Wan. They recorded this in 2014 and completely revamped it. Ooh, 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 yeah. The mood is right, all right. The spirit's up, oh. 
singer Xavier Omar and producer Sango who take it into more blissful R&B. Legendary Diana Ross recorded a wonderfully festive version for her A Very Special Season album in Matt DeMarco recorded a suitable down tempo cover in 2017. their own slightly summary version of Holiday's Rule, a compilation album in 2012. New cover from 2020 comes from the soulful voice of Luke McMaster. Moon is right, spirits are 
And another brand new one this year that I really like is from Australian singer-songwriter Slow Dancer, who fiddles with the melody in a really entrancing way. Another great podcast recommendation for you is the funny and silly chat about Christmas specials and films from Snow in Southtown. On the Snow in Southtown Christmas podcast, we discuss Christmas movies, Christmas music, and we have fun segments where we always talk about something weird and something fun related to Christmas on each episode. If we're tired of making fun of Michael Bublé, I might recommend Pentatonics. I'm not going to play <laughs> you two on this, on this podcast. Thank you. He's eating ice cream and crunch taters. He's just partying, man. Thank God it's them instead of you, right? I was going to say he was rolling over in his grave, but I don't think he's dead. But Well, he's still doing it. When he heard Patty LaBelle, he <laughs> dug his grave and he rolled over. <laughs> How about 10s and 20s? 10s and 20s. Be sure to check out our website at snowandsouthtown.wordpress.com, where you'll find links to our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Discord. Uh, yeah, I'd like the tiny tots, please. <laughs> you mean a, some small tater tots? Two yeah, yeah, your tiny tots. He told them the whole time. They know one beagle. Fire that up. Speaking my language now. You can stream our podcast at iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and anywhere else you get your podcast. It's a problematic movie. Yeah, we should pee together at least once per decade, really. He is Dallas Nonsato because he is He's jingling those bells. bells. So I'm <laughs> jingling them bells. Jingling those bells. Look what you did, you little jerk. Check out Snow in Southtown. You won't you regret it. And by won't, <laughs> I mean will. Well, that's it from Merry Britsmas this year. Well, kind of. There may well be a bonus mini-episode of the best British new Christmas music of 2020, if you're on the nice list. Otherwise, have a very happy Christmas, pull some crackers, listen to Macca hide his witchy ways, and watch Mr Bean shove his head inside a turkey. That's a true British Christmas. And happy blooming Christmas to you and all.